On this episode of Grand Rhapsody, Fruit Punch comes to the studio to guess Julio's height to a frightening degree of accuracy. It's a miracle. She can hear after all. You'll find out more on this episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Grand Rhapsody, episode number 12. I am your host, as always, Julio Gomez, and we are here at Fancy Recording Studio, and we turn 12 today, so we're going through all our awkward phase today, uh, bad haircut, uh, bad clothing, we're going to regret this, and it's, it's not really up to us, a lot of it, so uh, here we go, and we're going to have a really good time, uh, we got some wonderful, wonderful guests lined up for you all today. We're going to jump right into things here and get started. Uh, our first guest is a local rapper and a dance artist. I, was, I could probably make that better. You're a rapper, da- dance. What oh, do I, I do not claim to dance. <laughs> how do I, how do I, your music's dancey, though. It's dancey. Yeah. Rapper? Sure. Producer? No. Rapper? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Our first guest is a local rapper uh, that I had a really great chance to check out at uh, one of Pyramid Scheme's local showcases, and uh, basically the whole crowd just uh, really loved it, and I uh, basically right away was like, we got to get this guy in the studio here and talk. We are pleased uh, to welcome Fruit Punch. Hey, Fruit Punch, how are you? Hello, good. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on today. How's your day? It was good. Average day, I would say. Average? Mm-hmm. What's, what's an average day? Um, are you uh, saying are you saying like average like that what you did is the average of what you usually would do in a day or for quality wise it's an average quality I'd say it's an average of, of both maybe okay. slightly positive on quality but average activities an average yeah. of averages almost perhaps yeah would you say uh, you're more of a salty or a sweet person when it comes to snacks sweet sweet all the way sweet do you have a yeah. specific type of sweet you like any mix of dairy with sugar sounds okay. great eggnog Till I die. Creamy, creamy. Yeah. White white chocolate? Ooh, that's a little harsh. It's I mean, it's okay, it's, but it, it, it's, it's, it's borderline, It gets right? intense, yeah. A lot of people don't like white chocolate. It's a polarizing one. Yeah, but like bubble tea, sure. When did you first start, uh, first decide to make music? Not not when did you uh, like first start doing it? When was the first time you had uh, like a desire to make music? Um, that's probably just after I moved to Grand Rapids in 2015. Um, I had learned a rap that my, so I have a twin brother and I had learned a rap that he wrote for like a talent show that I was in. Uh, I was living in Japan before I moved to Grand Rapids. And so I was in this like, well, that's a whole other story, but that's kind of interesting. But anyway, um, okay, okay I'll just get in. Let's get into the origin story. Origins, so, origins, fruit okay, punch origins. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was teaching English in Japan for two years and every year the English teachers would have a um, charity auction, the kind of like a Valentine's charity auction where the other English teachers would like do something. So they would rent out a club in Kumamoto City. And then as an English teacher, if you got if you wanted to do this, you would do this like sexy strip tease, you know, whatever jokey thing. And then the other English teachers would like auction you off and then the money would go to this um orphanage that was all part of the curriculum over there was the, the, <laughs> well the it was sexy, the sexy yeah, teacher it auction. was just i mean it was just like uh there were about 130 english teachers from anglophone countries so it was really just among us like the australians and the, the englishmen and like the south africans and stuff so they asked me if i wanted to do it and i was like sure but that's embarrassing so maybe i can think up something else to okay. do and so um my twin brother had just been writing these raps just for fun and putting them on live journal Okay. Which we were still using at the time. And so he had this sort of like like sexy, silly one called Pex, which I did perform the pyramid scheme. And so I was like, well, I'll just learn this um, and that'll be a sort of like sexy and ridiculous. And uh-huh. so performed that 
for that. And then, um, then, you know, a year and a half later, so I moved to Grand Rapids and I used to go to, um, what was it called? Drunken Retort. Okay. Downtown at Stella's. And so that like, that sort of, um, I feel like it's more mostly a spoken word sort of open mic, but I went to that. And so I was like, well, I went for a while and I thought, well, I still have this song memorized. I'll just do this song Pex. And I performed that. And then everyone went wild. And I mean, I just performed it like acapella. I think I had a beatboxer who was okay. just a volunteer beatboxer who was very, sure. who was very good. And so I performed that and everyone crazy. And they were like, one more song, one more song. And I was like, I don't know anything else but this. And they were like, come back again. Um, so then I was like, wow, I guess I have to write something for the first time. And so then I wrote a song called Secret Body. Um, and that was like the beginning of it all. I just sort so of the, fell so into it. The the songs, and they're, they're like less than five years old, all these songs. Yeah. I mean, I think I've kind of been like, I've only been performing as Fruit Punch for a little over a year. And I've kind of been performing more with more intention for the past, like maybe 18 months. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I only very, very recently became familiar with you. I knew the name. So this is a new project. Is this your first musical project then? It is, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've kind of come, my whole life has been more like visual art, which I still do, but I've always, I don't know, I've always um, really enjoyed music and I came from a musical family, but I don't know why. I just always thought like, oh, music is something that I really like that that's just something other people do that I will never do. It just seemed like I didn't even know where to start. Right. So it's a hard, yeah. it's a hard little like situation to cross when you go on to go from enjoying music to making it. Cause you just definitely choose your own uh, like level of involvement with music. Like, and, and to cross that barrier, most people don't ever bother. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it seems like a steep learning curve with this project fruit punch. Are you keeping this separate from your uh, work as a visual artist? Or is this just another thing that, that you as an artist are doing right now? They're starting to influence each other, which is interesting. Um, my visual art's very different. I don't really, um, most of my pieces are about kind of the culture of communities or the history of communities. I make a lot of work out of my like curiosity about other people. Like I made a piece last summer that um, about kind of the people's personal connections to dilapidated buildings in Burton Heights. And that showed at the UICA. So this is like very, This the music project is interesting because I never really make work out of my personal experience but with music i'm like allowing myself to do that and it's very it's i mean i feel like i'm constantly surprising myself i, I keep thinking of course i'm not gonna have any more ideas or things that i'd want to turn into a song but then they just come up i'm like oh like right now i'm writing i'm just writing a song about the color purple right now um so i didn't even expect it which is my favorite color but i didn't think that but it just started to i just started to rhyme things and i was like oh no this is really kind of you're rhyming with the word purple I found two rhymes. Okay, good. There you go. That's that's like one of the hard ones, right? Well, someone told me about a Pokemon that I didn't know named Wormple. Okay, Wormple. And I'm gonna have to use that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is it? It's like a worm and half worm, half pimple, right? It's some kind of bug type from the third generation, as far as I know. I don't know if it's purple. <laughs> he, he better be. They better be. We're gonna. We're, we're actually gonna. We're actually gonna look up Wormple real quick and see if we can get get a good idea on Wormple. We'll, we'll check back on that in a second. Um, your music, like strikes me as uh like humorous like you use humor in a, in a really effective way and uh you know this is I, I find sometimes that humor in music is kind of uh a touchy subject for some people you know 
but I think you're approaching humor in a, in a really good way. But your music also seems really earnest at the same time. Do, have you ever seen any of the Ernest movies? Like Ernest goes to camp, or like, oh. or like uh, Ernest goes to jail, or anything. I have like not. I've not seen the Ernest. I, uh, film. I I I don't think I've actually seen a whole Ernest one in its entirety. I've seen like uh, I don't know what you'd even call them. Like there were commercials at one point, and I might for be, sure. be dating myself on these Ernest commercials. No, I remember when that was a big thing in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think what you said is accurate. Like, I, I mean, I think that I, as a person, am very forthcoming, but also silly, and so I think that just channels into my songs. And it's interesting because I feel like almost half my songs are pretty humorous, and then half of them are pretty serious. So when I do a show, I have to kind of decide what I want the tone of the show to be. Um, Like the pyramid scheme definitely was like this higher energy, dancier show but what i mean if i do a house show i'll be a little bit more like introspective and serious i'll like uh-huh. lean towards those because there's sure. about 16 songs to choose from when i put a show together so do you, do you have a preference of what style show you like to do as far as uh like, like house shows or big venue shows uh i really liked the pyramid scheme that was my first time having really like a, a stage like that and so and i just liked that i could see everyone and they could see me whereas how i do like house shows but i always feel like I can't like the sight lines are difficult in a house show because everyone's at the same level. So um, no, I think that was one of my favorite shows, the pyramid scheme, having, having that kind of venue felt natural, especially because the songs are so pop to have them come out of speakers like that. And to have people really dance that much was, was having it, having it that loud. Oh, people loved it. Everyone. I I came in, I think halfway through your first song and uh, people were coming out of everywhere just to the front to dance. It was really, it was super fun. No, that's awesome. I feel like usually, you know, they do sort of the indie shuffle and I really want them to like go hard. Yeah. The the dance, the dancing, you want them to dance dance harder? Well, they were dancing. The pyramid scheme is like exactly what I wanted, but so many uh-huh. shows like like I've even done a show with a DJ to try to like get things amped. Sure. Up, and it's just like never quite worked as well as it did last month. Uh-huh. It's hard. It's a, it's a tricky thing to get people amped up that hard and like you definitely had the the like other people, other bands there to to help with that vibe. But oh, and you, they were great. You definitely came in and and ripped it. Did you ever have a, an embarrassing phase? Like 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 uh like <laughs> like 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 not if right. when when was your embarrassing phase? An, an easy to pinpoint one. In my entire life, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I f- I feel like middle and high school, there were some bad looks and things. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I always had a really tight group of friends. Like I had, I still have some of the same friends since like kindergarten and first grade. So I feel like I, ne- you know, I always felt com- really comfortable with that group and that was a good base to have. But like okay. when I think about how I wore my bangs in high school, okay, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I guess? Like, no, I've never seen anyone else do it. Okay. <laughs> Same way. It's a hundred percent original bang situation. Yeah, it was like a thing where I came out of the shower once, and my hair just looked a certain way, and I tried to like replicate it for like six months. Okay, <laughs> this is exactly what I want to know about. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, check back in on Wormple. Let, let me see a picture of Wormple here. Oh, I think I've seen Wormple, not purple. Okay, Wormple's a worm. He also has horns. Big yellow dilated eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was in um, fifth grade and I had Pokemon Red, I had an, a full bug team. I had six. The, there's only six bug types in Pokemon Red, and I had all six. And that was my team. And then I would connect my Game Boy to my friend Paul, and he had a really high-level Charizard. And then if, if you guys play Pokemon, you know that fire is strong against, or bugs are weak against fire. He would just roast 
all okay. of them. And it's the best I could do to try to put him to sleep with moves, but I would just be destroyed. Is there any other, uh, like, like Pokemon's, like, kind of, like, fringe nerd? Is there any other nerdy stuff that you're into? I love I loved, uh, to know people's uh, nerdery, basically. Oh, I mean, I was, like, a huge... Um, like X-Men reader okay. like in middle and high school, like definitely the Chris Claremont run from like the late seventies into the late eighties. Um, so that's still like my comfort zone. Like if I just want to read something very comfortable with characters that I've just like known my whole life, I'll just like pull out like an old X-Men or new mutants or something. So um, yeah, I was just uh, talking to a new friend of mine and he said he'd never um, read a comic before. And I was like, Oh my God. Never read a comic like ever? like ever, and he was open to it. But I was like, I have to think of the perfect introductory. You know, <laughs> like what did you, I what feel did you, so much. What did you settle on? Did I you don't know. I started to think about Scott Pilgrim because I really liked that. But I think visually there must be something better than Scott Pilgrim because it's not my favorite. It's my favorite. I really like it. The storyline sure. of, of that, but visually, I feel like there's things that are more impressive. I'm just acting like I know. I don't know anything about comic books. Like I, uh, I tried to get into them before. I just assumed being in the space and recording studio, the like comic book knowledge was like free flowing. <laughs> Yo, it is. It is. I, uh, this is, a, a, it's, but I, I have to always be upfront with people because I yeah. think people naturally assume that I know anything about it and I don't. <laughs> no, that's, that's totally, it's a great movie, Scott Pilgrim. Um, Someone else recommended to me, my buddy Andy, who has done some video stuff for me, was talking to me about that movie and thought I would like it. I, I should, I should check it out. Yeah. It was kind of like a sleeper hit, or I guess okay. it wasn't really a hit. It's Michael Sarah, right? Yeah. It should have been a bigger hit than it was. Even okay. like, um, what's the size of this Captain America is in it as well. All right. Um, Chris Evans. Okay. Um, your music, you got a song called five, seven. Yes. Is this about your ideal, um, like party sub size, like if you're getting a party sub, it's gonna be five foot seven. Is that what what is we're talking about? Wait, here? what is a party sub? A party sub? It's uh, it's layers of meat and cheese. It's long. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see you what know? you're saying. Um, you yeah, by the it, foot. I just like I don't know why in my mind I thought there was like something really sexual, <laughs> a like party, a, like a, a party, dom and a, a sub party, at a party. party sub. Like what kind of gay parties? No, but um, the party party. <laughs> I'd like to order a party sub. Yeah, that's what just, I thought. <laughs> it's just this fucking guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> he just comes over ready to party. That sounds wild. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I um. I always knew that I liked this certain height, but I didn't know what it was and uh, like that I found it attractive in men. And then I was once at my friend's house and his his friend was there who I'd met before and he stood up and I just thought to ask him like, hey, like how tall are you? And he's like, oh, I'm 5'7". And I was like, that's it. That's my, that's the most attractive height. 5'7". Since then when I meet people, you know, now I kind of know, like I had a coworker who was like, oh yeah, I'm 5'7". And I wanted to be like, any of that. How tall am I? Oh shoot! We were mostly we sitting. just met. We were mostly sitting too, and we are don't you, know each other. Are you well. five eight? Yes. Great. <laughs> That's a fake. <laughs> I think I'm like seems slightly taller than five seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Uh, what would if we were to order a party? What kind of party sub would you get? If it was like, yo, money's off the table, you get to order whatever party sub you want. I think I get like a fried shrimp po' boy. Ooh. Yeah. That brings back good memories of That's, eating those in New Orleans. Oh man, and like yeah. just feet, feet upon feet of that. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah how sounds... much shrimp can you eat before you start to feel weird? <laughs> There's probably an upper limit, right? I've never gotten there. I don't think I've ever like truly been uh, tr- truly full off of shrimp or any type of seafood. Oh, I had a, a period where I was going to host a dinner party a couple months ago, like a Greek, like I'm my, from a Greek family, so I was going to host this Greek dinner party. Okay, and I bought all these shrimp, and I hosted the party, <laughs> but I didn't have time to make them. So then I just made the dish anyway, and it was like I can't remember what it was. It was some kind of like wine sauce, like vinegary, right. like shrimp. 
I ate so many shrimp that week. Like I just ate this fancy shrimp dish for days. Did you get sick at all from? No, the, the I was. I felt like I was eating at a fancy restaurant every day. Okay. Like it, was am- so, it was amazing. So we know that we know that you you did not reach the limit of what the human body can handle yet. No, it was it was such a gift that, that week. That sounds really good, man. I w- I wouldn't even have considered like a shrimp po' boy party sub. I always like lean towards the Italian ones. You know, vinegary, pickly, oh, yeah, peppery. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good too. Uh huh. I'm a, I, I thought about, I was like, I wonder if I can order a party sub this time and de- time of day, but I don't think there's anywhere close to here that would do that. Or like, order right. two party subs and see which one gets here the fastest. Oh my God, do like Grubhub versus like Postmates or something. What's a sexy name to you? Oh, Josh. Josh. Josh? Josh just, it Josh. seems like, he, it seems like he would be really nice. <laughs> okay. And he would wear like a great sweater and just like, he would just like hold you. Josh. Maybe he volunteers in an old Josh. folks home. Like, oh my God. Josh, okay. Like, what really? One thing that really turns me on is like nice people. And I had someone that I was attracted to, and they came to one of my shows, and they came early, and they helped set up and get things in the car. I was like, "Here's my ring finger." <laughs> like, oh my god. Josh. So was yeah. his name Josh? No, it was not. But oh. do you are you into fashion at all? Uh, yeah. What is there any trends that you hope come back that you're like you're like waiting for? Yes, I know, and I know it might. It's kind of unless it's like. You don't want to tip off too many people with your tip, but yeah, what, what what are you hoping for? No, what I want is really specific, okay. and I feel like no one else wants okay. this, and it's not even that interesting. But I just love a high necked t shirt, like a thick t shirt with okay. a high, the like not little... a mock neck, but just a little <laughs> okay. bit more. And I feel like in the eighties, they they got it. There was a lot of that, and everything now, everything is like Kleenex it's, it's spin, uniform. It's uniform. and it's like a little skimpy crew neck, and okay. like you know, give me that. So you're thick. talking, you like. It's not even a mock turtleneck, right? It's just a little higher, just a little bit more. Yeah, of like the the cuff of the co- of the collar yes. is is taller, is like wider. Yeah, and then the whole thing is that like, is very very specific. I know. Well, I do a lot of thrifting, and so when I see these things, okay. I'm like, bring this back. Okay, like, this is so flattering on my neck. I do like that. There is like kind of a whole neck thing with that. Okay. Like when things are like when you have like a floppy t-shirt neck, I can't. I'm like I will. I will. I will. I think my coworkers probably don't know this, but if I have like an old stretched out t-shirt neck, I will safety pin it in the back, okay. like tighten it up, safety pin it in the back, and then wear like a button on over it. Yeah, and like fix that. They don't know that. Are you worried? I'm, I, I can leave this out if you want to. Oh no! But okay. sometimes I, say, I use a really big safety pin, and I'm like, is it? Can they tell? Like a, no- like a, a big hidden, novelty diaper like pin. A, like a, yeah, like a diaper hidden pin. safety pin. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of fashion things that are coming back right now that I don't like, and I'm just sort of observing with like elderly hipster judgment yeah like there's a lot of large pants going on okay so there's this there's this term that i use and i have a lot of friends that are in this group so it's not disparaging it's just what it is but it's the the weird pants club okay and it's all these kids or or the weird pants kids it's all these like ill-fitting like weirdly cut off 90s jeans and i and i always think like listen you go to the thrift store i go to the thrift store and i pass by these things and do not put them on my body. Well, you you know already they're going to look weird. But the thing is that people are deliberately finding these articles of clothing and putting them on and buying them and wearing them all the time. I know, know. And like no one, they just destroy <laughs> everyone's butts. They're just destroyed. <laughs> yeah, like, they they kind of just have their own their own kind of like mind, like their own their own. Like, it's a free thing. Will. It's a thing. And I'm like, you know, it's yeah. cool that they. I mean, when I was 23 in Chicago, like we had a look. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't 
so large like i don't (laughs) like as someone who is attracted to women i definitely don't find it unsexy which i can't explain either so oh my god it has an it has this allure it does i I mean not for me but it does it has an allure i don't know what it is exactly i don't i'm not like endorsing it it's gonna be be gone pretty fast anyway all right cassie needs to get an oversized turtleneck (laughs) tuck it into mom jeans belt it with a huge belt yeah i've got i've got some co-workers who okay i I have a friend too who was calling it like clown wear who was like, oh, they're like the teens that they like, like uh, she's got teenage kids and she's like, oh, all the girls are into this clown wear. And I, and she sent me a picture of it and it was, it was the stuff. It was these big pants, big overalls, big shorts, very big, very large shorts. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I, I've been wearing the same, basically the same outfit for the last 20 years. So I'm not really sure. Uh, who's your music for? Do you ever think about that question? Like, are you, are you, is there like an ideal audience that you're trying to find? Is it for everybody? Well, I think it's for anyone that wants it. I mean, I really write them for myself and they kind of just bubble out of me. So that's where it starts. But then, um, yeah, I don't really know who my niche audience is. I think partially a little like partially it's for sort of this queer audience because I do have these sort of like some of the songs I didn't do at the Pyramid Scheme, but like deeper songs about sort of like the gay experience. And it's been and kind of before I did fruit punch i really felt like i didn't have a way to be gay or like i didn't have an outlet for that in my life because i just i'm not really someone that dates i've been single for like 11 years and i feel like that's such a big part of a gay identity is like the boyfriend or like the scene or the club and like i just wasn't it didn't have that didn't need any of that so um i remember watching this like um i was watching this like gay german film on netflix um, that wasn't very good, but it had this one actor in it that I liked um, from Sense Eight. But anyway, I was watching that, and they were like in love or whatever. The protagonist, and I was watching this, and I was like, "Do I have any gay activities at all? Am I actively gay in any huh. way?" And then I was like, "Oh my god, I have fruit punch. I forgot about this." Okay. So I really feel like it's been cool to do shows and have people come up to me afterwards. Like I had a guy come up to me in a show and he was like, Hey, I'm by, I just came out like 10 days ago. And I was like, Oh my God. And he's like, I just, your music really spoke to me. And I was like, Oh my God, like that's so beautiful. And so I think I've really taken that to heart. Yeah. Besides that, I don't know. I think it's just if the other songs speak to people, that's, that's great. I mean, I, um, so I'm a Quaker and I was at this annual Quaker gathering in rural Illinois and they like have the it. religion quake the religion yeah you are currently a quake yes yes it's i love it okay uh and i was in rural illinois at this like you know 19th century quaker meeting house gathering and they have a talent show and i was like i'm gonna rap in this talent show which okay. is mostly teenagers like strumming to ukuleles and i'm like let's do it so um yeah so i did these two songs one of them is about like greed and charity and the other one is about thrifting which i think i did at the show last month but in july um and the, and I knew these would appeal to Quaker value. So that was really cool that like all these like middle-aged, you know, former like Vietnam war protester Quakers came up to me and they were like, oh my God, that song, Thrift, that's how I live my life, environmentalism, yes. And I was like, yes, like we all are in this together. So that was, it's cool to find audiences kind of for different topics. Okay. Were they, were they receptive to to what you did? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone saw it coming. It was like super, such okay. a strange place, such a strange yeah. place in this like 1860s like national historic places meeting house um but yeah i think they i think they got into it and i and i was happy it's always like kind of a kumbaya feeling with the quakers anyway word yeah what do you what do you want with your music what is there a a goal you're trying to accomplish 
I just really want to grow artistically, I think is exciting to me. I really want to grow musically. So I think um, every time I make a song is just really exciting to me and I just have a lot more written um, and I really want to just, I feel like I've had so many new experiences so far um, through this journey as Fruit Punch. I'm just like excited for like the things I kind of can see in the future. You got so. something, some big stuff coming up in the future, a big event coming up soon, right? Yeah, yeah. I have um, a debut album release. It's going to be a CD release, and that's Friday the 13th of September. Um, so I'm super excited. It's at, it's at a weird place. It's at the Child Discovery Center, which is this big grade school. Um, okay. Right by those that um, those roundabouts on Wealthy, kind of downtown. There's a big old stone school. Yep. So it's in their gymnasium. It's like a 1922 building. Okay. It's sort of a miniature gymnasium because it's for grade schoolers. Um, so that uh, that's going to be the event. It's like 7... Seven to nine thirty. Seven to nine thirty. So that's as late on, as I could rent it on Friday the thirteenth of September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to have like a disco ball and balloons, and okay. like my mom's gonna be there. It's gonna be like a school dance. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. Who else is, is just just you playing that? Who else is playing that? Um, opening is uh, Romy Glazer, so, okay, or DJ Glazer. Awesome. So she plays a lot of like she's got a pretty wide pop appetite from different eras and countries. And then um, after her is Bronze Wolf, and he's a local electronic. Heartthrob. All right. That so. sounds like an amazing time. And you're releasing an album on uh, what format? It's on uh, CD. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to take a short break here. Uh, Fruit Punch, you want to stick around? And we got a couple more guests up. Chat with them. Sounds Hang great. out. Awesome. Can't, can't wait. Listeners, we'll be back in just a few. Do you got a question? Do you got a comment? Do you got a smart ass remark? Do you got like a spam service? Are you a click bot? Um, are you an, a person that wants to maybe even advertise and give me money to make an advertisement for you and your business or whatever? I don't care. Uh, if you a- a- can answer yes to any of these questions, I would advise you to send me an email at grandrhapsodypodcast at gmail.com and, and just write whatever you want and tell me. And I- I'll respond. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Grand Rhapsody episode 12. That's a dozen. That's not even a baker's dozen. I don't know even know any bakers. It's a normal dozen. Twelve. I'm, we're twelve years old today. We're ep- we're measuring years and episodes today, and we're sitting here with our new friend Fruit Punch. Say everyone found out you got arrested. What would everyone assume that it was for? Oh geez, I mean it would probably be some kind of like grand larceny, but I would have stolen like cereal. Theft, a massive theft of some novelty item, you think? Like, no, specifically cereal. Like, what kind of cereal do you like? Oh, all of it. All what, of it. Okay. Well, Let's, nothing that's too, like, like fruity little kid kind of stuff. You but, like crunchy bits? Nuggets? Yes, yeah. I mean, here's an example of, like, how this has already occurred. My, <laughs> okay. um, I went to my old apartment to see if my roommate was home. And she wasn't answering, but I know, like, I knew how to break in because there's like a hide a key. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just let myself in. Let myself in. No one's there. Um, and then I just ate a bowl of her cereal and left. So I just, I have a problem with cereal. So okay, certainly it could spiral out of control. Something, something cereal related. They would uh, think right away. Yeah. Uh, are you more likely to like cook or go out to eat? Oh, cook. I mean, I yeah. work at a nonprofit. I cannot, I can afford to go out to eat. Okay. But also, and also, like I always forget, you can you can buy frozen food. Like I just like cook everything from scratch, and I'm like, why sure. does this take so long? There are uh, there's some incredible options. I uh, I'm gonna plug right now the Bridge Street Market for meal solution and stuff. They've got so much stuff there, and I'm pretty sure that it's just like a a test kitchen or test market 
for uh, Meyer because they have all sorts of crazy, crazy products there. So if you don't shop there, Fruit Punch, you should check that out. I've just been a couple times, but it's been a pleasure. It's really nice. Meyer, if you want to actually send money to, for you to advertise, just go ahead and go to uh, Grand Rhapsody Podcast at gmail.com. Send us a message and we will advertise. And this goes for any local business out there or non-local business. We'll advertise. We'll make an ad for you, personalized for you. That will be great and you can use anywhere even. Send us an email. Uh, well, let me see if I can find this. Are you... Uh, oh, what's something that you thought you were good at until you actually met someone who was actually good at that thing? Well, I have like a current thing that reoccurs, I suppose. Okay. Okay, so I don't... I don't really drive. I just kind of bike everywhere. Like I biked here today and one of my jobs is also bike delivery. So I feel like I can consider myself pretty fast on a bike, but sometimes I'm biking home and someone like passes me and I'm like, oh no, I'm not the fastest. And then it becomes like, and I'm usually not a competitive person, but I don't know, something takes over me. Then you want to pass them. And there was someone once, I remember that I was, I was biking as hard as I could and they just kept getting farther and farther away and I felt so defeated like who is this superhuman passing you up I was definitely overconfident my listeners you probably know this person um, from the extraordinary events of their past and uh, just basically has kind of become just a Grand Rapids staple of conversation and just our culture and they are here to tell us about some new stuff they are having the works everybody this is uh, Woas May Hi, hello, I'm Woas May. Hi, Woas, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing good today. I'm doing good today. I'm good to, glad to be here with Fruit Cup and the other uh, the other guests here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so fruit, fruit Punch, but hi. Oh, Fruit Punch. You, also, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really do. I, you know, and Fruit Punch and I have a couple things in common here. I'm also a cereal enthusiast myself. Oh, okay. I prefer the dry cereal. Uh, I also have stolen some cereal from people in the past. Okay, what kind of what how what kind of cereal did you steal? Peanut butter cap and crunch. Okay. How Julio, yep. Who would you steal it from? Uh it, it he was unknown to me. I was at a party. It was on top of the fridge. Okay. I was drinking and I ate the whole box. All right. Uh for my listeners at home who might not know uh, you, because not only do we broadcast to our like probably thousands and thousands of, lo- of loyal listeners here in the city of Grand Rapids, we also have uh, probably at this point an international audience, I would assume. These are all assumptions I'm making, by the way, about my listening audience. But I assume that we have a huge, huge audience that's just spiraling out of control, viral. So they might not know you outside of Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids, you're a legend. Right. Julio, you're wrong. I uh, have an international following. As well? Yes. Okay. Well, so... I always call this the under the rock stipulation that if you've been living under a rock forever, what do they need to know about you? Well, I guess I'll give my history uh, if there is someone out there that hasn't heard of me. Woe is May. Uh, that's after woe is me. Well, that's because when I was born, uh, my mom didn't hear me talk or cry. Well, not talk, but you know, cry for quite some time. Also, I was unresponsive. She was always saying, well, you know, I don't know. But anyway, she did hear me cry one day and she said, oh, woe is me. And then that's where my name came from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the rest of my childhood, I was pretty unresponsive. And she she would say, whoa, woe is me, woe is. 
And I would keep walking, so she thought I was maybe deaf or a mute. Okay. Uh, so she had me tested in a sound booth where they take, you know, children and, you know, they play the this little- was, This was pretty common back then to have your child tested in, the, in this fashion. Right, right. So I was sitting in the little chair and someone was hitting the beeps and it was a beep, beep. But I was I was responding. I was looking around the room confused. So they said, she's she's not she's not deaf. She's just ignoring you, you know? <laughs> okay. And, so woe is May. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. basically, uh, an article came out. If, if I'm hopefully I'm telling the story right, article came out uh, in the press about this miracle child who everyone thought was uh, deaf and mute. Turned out wasn't. Lo and behold, Julio, here I am. Voice, what? voice of fire. Is are that you, what they say? You, yeah, they did. They do say that. Wait, the voice of fire. Yeah, what was May? Voice of fire. When, when you are you. So, so you were like what four or five when this was happening? When the te- the testing was was initially happening to you? I was three years old. You were three. So do you do you remember? Are you old enough? Were you old enough to remember this? Oh sure. What was going What was going through your head when you're getting tested? I was thinking, how annoying this be. What what's beeping? You know, and yeah. uh, so they they didn't they didn't bother to explain to you that there would be beeping. No, they didn't want me to know, you know. So, so okay, because maybe maybe I was too smart for them, and I could have I could have just played it and looked straightforward, and I wouldn't look around at the beeps. Sure. So you you said you did react. You looked around. I looked around. <laughs> okay, well, just 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 kind of like back and forth, kind of darted your eyes around. I turned my head. Okay. Okay. And that was your signal to them that yes, I can hear. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Well, the, the town just went crazy. Uh, you kind of became a symbol of hope and inspiration for a lot of people, really. Yes, I did. Um, I was, <laughs> I was on the cover of the Grand Rapids Press. Yeah. Oh, it was a, a really a, a, was... A, a, a by now kind of a, a famous picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on the cover of the Grand Rapids Press um, when I was released from the sound booth. I did react. <laughs> They they got had you trapped in there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so when they released me from the sound booth, I immediately um had my I had cameras in my face. Yeah, flashes, right? Flashes, which I I reacted to as well. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty <laughs> famous story too, is is your reaction to what I guess would we consider paparazzi. So what brings you on the show today? What are you, what are you here to talk about uh, and uh, tell my listening audience? Well, I just wanted to come and talk about, you know, because I'm a famous figure, I feel that it's my duty to, to alert the public and to uh, just use my voice, sure. um, my big voice of fire to right. talk about important issues. I think I think that's great. I, I I always try to encourage people. I always get people like, "Hey, when you come to my show, speak your heart." And I think what 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 are you here to tell us? I'm speaking my heart. Okay, All awesome. Right. Well, I World just premiere. Yeah, as maybe a lot of you did not know, I am an undercover journalist. Um, <clears throat> well, I was for for many years. Right. I think I think I think you announcing that probably just now kind of yeah. might have blown your cover if you were still if you were still in our cover. Oh, release. I've told other people and I okay. so I think it's okay. Yeah. Totally. Um but I I you know, I went undercover to work for for big plastic. Um you know. There's there's the bigs. Sure. Taking the, the, over the, the corporations. 
So what better to get into, you know, I, I started working at the secret deodorants factory and I, I make molds. Are you saying like the the, uh, the, 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 the clandestine or the a secret, the brand secret? Oh, the brand secret. Okay, okay. I think when yeah. when when I was confused about when your uh, when your people had emailed me about this, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be kind of a mystery." Okay, this, okay. That now right. I feel now I feel stupid. No, no, it sounds it's, less spooky if it's just the household name, right? Right, is. right. Which is kind of kind of a weird name for a deodorant company. You ever think about that? What was I? I think about it every day, Julio. Okay. When I'm when I'm there. Molding the cap for the deodorant sticks. Is that is that your station there? The the cap. Yep. The one. Um, do you ever hear? This is maybe kind of a sideline. People who don't realize the cap's still on and use the deodorant for a while with the plastic cap still on, and they're not sure why it doesn't work. Um. Yes, Julio, that's happened to me before. Okay. Even though you work at a deodorant factory. Yep. Okay. Sometimes you can't see it. It's a secret. But also, you know, ironically, I do work at Secret, um, <clears throat> secretly, undercover. If you want to remove that from the podcast, too, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll probably, yeah, I think we'll probably make sure to not have the actual, actual place that you work at. Are you still undercover there? Well, you know, I would say, yes, uh, I'm, I've been trying to, work, you know, infiltrate the industry for a long time so I can take it over and beat it down to a pulp. Um, wow. How how long? Like a couple months. Uh, about thirteen years. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's undercover. They don't, they don't know about those. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, I I started undercover there um, about thirteen years ago, and you you know on and off. Uh, I I try to I want to be an activist for well I I would say I'm an activist for um, sure. You know I, I what kind of. Uh, what kind of um, like activists, like is there any steps you're taking already to dismantle the plastics industry? Well, I had made t-shirts, but realized it was made from polyester. I didn't know that also the fabric mix was oh. mostly plastic. Okay. Also. You don't want to send a mix signal with that probably. What did the shirts say? They were made on unethically. What did the shirt, the, did they have something on it? Uh, yeah, it said, uh, dump the plastic which also was bad because that's what I'm trying to fight against. Is the 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 the, 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 the disposal of plastic in the dump? Right. Okay. <laughs> so okay, um, but you're you're getting paid to work for them, right? Oh yeah, you does, know. Does it pay well? Pays a little too well, Julio. It it gets it's look. I'm pretty comfortable there. Uh, after 13 years, I get a good paycheck. So I go back and forth, and you know I try to keep up with the activism. But by the end of my ten-hour workday, molding the same thing over and over and over again, I get a little tired. So it's taken me a while, but I think you know, good good things take time. Yeah, sure. I I, I don't expect anyone to dismantle uh, an oligarch-ish uh, corporation like plastic. Uh, that's it, that spans a lot, right? There's a lot of things that are plastic. Yeah, but you you start from the bottom, like okay. the cap. And you work your way to the top. What's the next level after cap? Would Isn't you, the would you cap think? the top? Uh, that was v- very insightful. So maybe I'm already there. <laughs> maybe I'm at the most top I'll ever be at, which I'm okay with. Some <laughs> people do call the cap the top, huh? <laughs> Guess so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fruit Prunch, do you have any other questions for, for Woas? Um, 
I guess like is your mom still surprised that you're still talking? Um well, here's the the click clack. Uh you know, mother, she she doesn't talk much. She's kind of in her older age. She's tired. Um she also I think has maybe some dementia. Um uh, she can't really talk. So I think it's kind of funny. We make a lot of jokes. Well, I mostly make jokes about it because sure. she can't make jokes. She can't jokes. talk that much anymore. But she gives me a good nod every now and again. Because, you know, she I mostly... looks around a little bit to show that she's reacting to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah. play the beeps. I play the beeps and uh, she looks around. I know she's still with us. You know, I'm like, okay, mom. And anyway, so I just basically talk and tell her stories all day. Just like... And now I can't hear her say, shut up. Whoa, shut up. You know, like she used to always say because I just love telling stories. I sure. love talking. Yeah, yeah. You actually had a book of stories uh, published recently. I had a book of stories published. What? What? what uh, t- tell my listeners about that book. All right. Well, <clears throat> a lot of them were my diary entries from growing up. Um, I had started writing at a very young age, of about uh, nine years old, and okay, yes, that's that's pretty pretty average writing. I mean, I don't know when do you learn to write. Well. Um, according to my mother, is when you're about 11. Okay, okay. So I felt like I was ahead of the game. Okay. That's where I got my inspiration for becoming a journalist. Was from your own sense of self, self-pride self of doing well yes. in, 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 in your writing skill. Right. Sure. So my diary entries started about when I was nine. I started writing and... Um, I would just talk about day-to-day feelings, you know, uh, being an angsty nine-year-old, uh, having a crush on our Schwanz man, and uh-huh. uh, right, go on, and we, you know, because we ordered Schwanz, and then I'd write. Uh, I started doing food criti- critiques of all the Schwanz food we had, you know, and sure, right, little write-ups, right, and I yeah. would start. I would start. What was the best? The best item? Uh, the best item. Well, my mom would get a already. Um, <clears throat> grilled chicken mixed with veggie duo uh we watched in front we read it while we watched tv every night it was the same thing over and over but it never got old it was just already cooked you just heat it right up sure mm. it had like a certain sauce probably like a uh asian sauce on it okay americanized it uh, came in plastic sure yeah uh, everything does right no we don't um, so what was, is there anything else you want to tell my listening audience about while you're, while, while you're on the mic? Well, as influential as I might be, um, uh-huh. I was just hoping if Apple could hear me, uh, that they would bring back the look of the first Microsoft computer release. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, wh- why? Well, it lo- I just like the look of it better. I don't, okay. I feel that I'm not the only one. Um, okay. it makes you feel like you're kind of in a spaceship. Okay. And for those of us who really appreciate, you know, those kinds of movies like Star Trek shows and all that, sure. I, I just feel it would really bring the aesthetic. You like your computers to be a little more kind of space age. I like it space age. Um, I'm pretty relaxed, so I f- but I also appreciate the speed of the modern computer. Right. Um, That's probably one of the best things about new computers is how fast, how much faster they are than the older right. ones. Right. The dial-up I can do without. The beeps remind me of my childhood. Sure. The, um, of the, the test. Correct. Was that was that overall a traumatizing experience for you, for them to think that you couldn't talk I or felt, hear? 
I felt tricked. Okay. In what way? (laughs) (laughs) Did you have like a good thing going until that point? You know, I thought I could get away with um, people thinking I couldn't hear or speak. Yeah. It was, that was actually not, you didn't mind people thinking that you couldn't hear or speak. Exactly, Julio. I keep I kind of mind my own business. I I liked I liked my doing my own thing at a very young age. Sure, that's um, very young. Yeah, I, I remember, um, and I I felt tricked. I felt caught. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you're right away. You're like, I'm gonna come clean. Well, I didn't mean to come clean at first. Sure. But then, I mean, as I heard the beeps and I looked around, I saw their faces lighting uh-huh. up outside yeah. the window of the booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I thought, well, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And uh, I as the soon shara- as I, the charades over, <laughs> the charades over. As it sure was, as soon as I left the booth, okay. I had the flashes in my face. I was blinking and I was a little nervous getting my picture taken because I. Didn't know if they got my good side. Sure. Um, I mean, I I gotta appreciate your honesty here, kind kind of coming coming forward after so many years and letting me, letting people know that like the really behind what you were thinking as this was going on, because yeah. it doesn't take away any of the inspiring message that you were sending to people. Uh, well, I I got one more question for you. What what uh what kind of stuff do you bring to a party? If you're going to a friend's party, what do you bring? Uh, well, I bring everyone a reusable cup. Now, uh, I was always the solo cup bringer until I realized those were made of plastic. So I bring everyone their own tumbler that they can return to me by the end of the night because uh-huh. you know they're expensive. They're usually also made of plastic. Yeah, but you're you're not you're only using them more than one time. Well, I'm using them. I dishwash them. And I bring them to parties every time. I would get a big bag. Everyone knows if they invite me to a party, don't you? Don't got to put out your your uh, plastic cups. You got a whole because I just pile. take right, right. I'll just take care of it for everyone. That's really nice. Yep. So I bring that, and then obviously a doobie. <laughs> Fruit prunch. You got it. You got uh, any questions for Wobus? I feel like I've learned so much about your past and your current fight against big plastic, but <clears throat> I'm kind of wondering what your future is looking like <sighs> fruit punch that's what we're all wondering what what my future is looking like because you know i i did live a i i had a pretty wild childhood that got me to become very famous in the area um and eventually that kind of leached out into the rest of the world um and I'm fighting against the big plastic. And also, I just want to thank you, Fruit Punch, for bringing big plastic to my attention. I didn't realize it was big plastic, but you're right. The more I'm in the plastics industry, the more I realize, you know, there is a big name. There's Big Brother, Big Pharma. There's Big Plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the future, I'm just hoping once I get uh, more energy or something, I can maybe continue my activism and really shut the place down secret deodorant do a secret in general is that going to require you getting a different job because you said they pay pretty good um like if like uh, like maybe i'll rephrase that if you shut the place down that you're working at you're gonna have to find a different job somewhere uh yeah that's that sounds like a bummer okay but uh you, you you're aware of that though 
yeah, I'm aware of it. I guess it's worth it for the people. Sure. And um, I think from the the money that's probably carried over from my childhood, from knowing how to hear and speak and recognize, um, you know, visual flashing. Uh, well, was anything you want to uh, tell my listening audience about before we take off? Uh, well, I have reduce and reuse. It's the only way we can go now with the plastic. Um, recycling's not working. China's not buying the plastic. Okay. Moving forward, we've got a lot of the friends at the Comedy Project. Um, and they're having shows on Friday and Saturday nights. They got a last show for their opinions are like potholes. Uh, I know so much about this because my neighbor girl, Jackie, uh, she's in there. And, uh, yep. So opinions are like potholes, and their last show is this weekend, 23rd and 24th at 8 p.m., okay. and, then, and then they're starting season three, uh, beginning September 13th is the opening night, Friday the 13th. Oh, no. That's the same night. Oh, no. <laughs> Confliction. Confliction. <laughs> I'm going to make sure Nazi go to opening night. Your so show I can run, go that show runs for a while, though, right? Punch. Yeah. Um. It's going to be uh, every weekend, Friday, Saturday night from September 13th through November, mid-November. Okay. So it runs for a while. Season three. Yeah. That's perfect. S- yep. It's going to be beer hunting season. Fruit Punch, happy to have you on and get to know more about you. Uh, anything you want to tell my listening audience about before we take off? Sure. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just fruit punch, fruit punch, type it twice or, um, Facebook, but all the fun stuff's on Instagram, Facebook, uh, fruit punch FP. And then, um, the most important thing is having a CD release show and that's as we talked about before Friday the 13th, uh, of September at 7 PM at the child discovery center. Awesome. That's going to be a great show. And we, uh, hope that you all make it out to that. And make it out of the Comedy Project shows. Go support them. Uh, They're doing some really funny stuff over there. Uh, Thanks for listening. This has been episode 12. My name is Julio Gomez, and we'll talk to you next time. This has been a Grand Rhapsody production. Executive produced by Julio Gomez at Fancy Recording Studio.